Doctor's Log, April 21st, in the afternoon. I've been kind of chomping at the bit to talk about something in this whole pandemic response that relates to, actually, I'll call it trust. It will seem like a gender issue, but it's really about our biases and who we have faith in. So something I've noticed since the beginning of this pandemic is when we panic, we fall back to the habit of looking to a certain sliver of the demographic to lead the way and provide the knowledge. And that demographic is pretty homogeneous. It's white men, sometimes older, but includes younger white men. And if you are on any COVID-19 initiative, a task force, an emergency committee, I'm going to take a really crazy guess and say that the first people pulled in were three Davids and one Kevin, and then some women and minorities are added as an afterthought or on a specific, quote, minority, unquote, committee to consider minority things and provide the checkbox of having included minority people. Now, you can apply this principle across the board, but I invite you to look at cable news. The very first few weeks of the pandemic, I was very interested to see white mantle after white mantle. And then we started bringing in women, and then there were a few minorities brought in. But I will say minorities have been brought in, and by minorities, here I'm specifically talking about black and brown people, were brought in to talk about health disparities affecting brown and black communities. Now, that's okay. I think you should bring in people who are experts on health inequities caused by structural racism built into our healthcare system. However, these are all doctors, nurses, epidemiologists, virologists. There is no reason that their expertise needs to be limited to talking about health inequities. The next week that news fell out of the top of the news cycle, we kind of this week have stopped talking about these health disparities affecting Black communities and Latino communities and Native American communities. And with that, all the people of color disappeared off the airwaves. They're still health professionals. And I understand that we are taking shortcuts in a crisis time. But what those shortcuts are reveal a lot about what our habits are, what our cognitive default is, and I would propose that our cognitive defaults really reveal things that don't make a lot of sense. There's not a reason that only one demographic and phenotypic type is the one that needs to lead us out of this crisis. There's this really wonderful TED Talk by a woman named Verna Myers where she tells a story about how she got on a plane and she heard that the pilots were both women and she had this moment of like, Am I going to be okay? I mean, I think that moment of nervousness is where we really reveal not just this higher level equity attitude that we pile on top, but really what's underneath when we fundamentally have to count on somebody for our lives. Do we think that women can do that as equally as men? Do we think that people of color can do that just as well 
as white people can. And I think everybody shows their biases in these moments. So I've also been on all these committees and task forces where I and others have brought up these issues. And the attitude is, that's a really good point. There's a lot of biases and discrimination and disparity and inequity built into our system. We should really talk about this once the crisis has passed. And that makes me sad because we tell ourselves this all the time. We're too busy. Things are too urgent right now to behave in an equitable manner. We'll be better when it's over. And I hope that that's not true. I think even right now as we scramble for a response to COVID-19, that we can build in equitable practices. This thing is not over. It's not too late to do that. I mean, we've already missed our boat on some things. Uh, We're seeing the big health disparities that are occurring for certain populations. Some of that is probably due to inequitable testing, clinical evaluation. Uh, Some of it is certainly due to existing health inequities. But for the things that are within our power to change, so how can we make sure right now that we're building in practices that adjust for potential biases and inequities? As we move forward in this crisis and come out with effective therapies and vaccines, how do we make sure that we are distributing those in an equitable fashion And so for places and people and committees that are really struggling to be representative right now, you didn't set yourself up to practice in any other way. And we have to remember that lesson. And even as we scramble to correct during the pandemic, we have to carry that lesson with us into our efforts, even when things are back to normal and we don't have that same sense of urgency Hopefully that's something that we'll remember and can hold each other accountable for. I wanted to add a little point to what I said earlier about gender differences and who's really driving the conversation around COVID-19. Whenever I talk about gender and racial bias, people think that I'm motivated by fairness. Equity seems to go hand in hand with fairness. And of course, that's part of it. But when I think about my work in healthcare, what we value in healthcare, which is patient outcomes, and even the business side of healthcare, which is having robust and successful healthcare companies, all of those things are actually improved. If we have very strong racial and ethnic and gender diversity at all levels, straight up to the top. Now, how do we get team diversity? We create work environments where people feel valued, respected, challenged and where they have opportunity and compensation that is equal to that of their peers. Over the last few years, there have been a number of provocative studies out in the medical literature that show that if patients are cared for by female physicians, they tend to do better in hard outcomes. And what I mean by hard outcomes is things like cardiac complications or even survival, death rates. It used to be that when we looked at the benefit of having, say, a female physician or a racially concordant physician, we would ask questions like, did you like your provider or did you feel listened to and understood? But these days, scientists aren't messing around when it comes to gender and racial equity. They're asking questions like, were you more likely to survive if you had a physician who was a woman? And of course, when you find that they are more likely to survive if they have a female physician, that is a pretty shocking finding. I 
can't really say that I think that women do better medicine. But I will say that when you have teams that include and equally value a wide variety of backgrounds, perspectives, and ways of doing things, you tend to make better decisions. And that improves things that we care about, like patient outcomes. So when it comes to equity and diversity and COVID-19, I'm talking about making the best decisions we can at a very tough time when lives are at stake and we want to have everyone operating at the top of their potential. Thank you for listening. As always, I hope you stay safe and well.